make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McClune. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. Welcome to the Hoffman Connection. Uh, we're coming to you live from beautiful and quite rainy and wet Northern California in San Rafael. Uh, I'm Raz Grassi, the president of the Hoffman Institute and a teacher of the Hoffman Process, a very powerful personal a process for personal transformation. If you haven't heard of the Hoffman Institute, we are celebrating 45 years as a leading personal development program, helping people who are serious about change with 13 sites across 11 countries. And uh, my co-host here is Hoffman teacher, Ed McClune. Over to you, Ed. You here Thanks, with us? Raz. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, and I'm looking forward to today's show with a knot. I've been teaching the process for over 20 years. And really the process is about building a deeper connection to yourself so that you can take that connection into your community and live the life that you really love. And part of this show is about that, too, which is reaching into our community of graduates and bringing information and wonderful guests, talented people, who some of whom are also graduates of the Hoffman process, like Anat will be today. Um, just incidentally, too, if you're interested in learning more about the process, either as a graduate or as somebody to be interested in attending a course, um, after this call, we have every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time an introductory call that is free and also confidential. You don't have to even give any information to learn more about the call. Uh, and all you need to do is go to our website, hoffmaninstitute.org, and find follow the, the leads there to get the call-in information, both the telephone number and a call-in code, so you could participate if you want to learn more about the process to our intro call this afternoon. Raz, want to take it? Well, yeah, today we're going to be speaking in just a little while as soon as she joins us, Anat Banyel. She's the author of Kids Beyond Limits, but she's really one of the world's leading authorities on finding ways to access the brain to overcome pain and all kinds of limitations. A lot of people think of her as a miracle worker because she has helped so many what are called special needs kids, uh, people with impossible, untreatable problems, just make changes that nobody imagined were possible. And it was through her success in working with children that she discovered the nine essentials that the brain requires in order to transform pain and limitation into vitality, well-being, and skilled skills. And I've seen her work with kids over the last 13 years. I've seen uh, videos of it happening. And uh, in particular, I, I viewed some DVDs a couple of years ago that you know went over a period of months and to see the changes in these kids, and not only changes in the children, but to watch the parents when they they come to see a knot and they've got a one-year-old or a two-year-old child and nobody has any hope for this child, and suddenly a knot is making things happen with that child and teaching the parents how to work with the kids as well uh, in, in ways that just produce change and growth. I want to cite a couple of quotes in this new book. This one is from Norman Deutsch. He's an MD, author of The Brain That Changes Itself. And he said, following in the footsteps, footsteps of the revolutionary scientist clinician Moshe Feldenkrais, the greatest thinker about how to improve movement in the 20th century, Banyel shows why our mainstream approach to these children is often wrong and at times damaging. Because they train children to ape, mimic, developmental milestones that the children are not really ready to meet. And this man, Norman Deutsch, uh, Dr. Deutsch, talks about observing so many times uh, her work with the kids and seeing really what happens to them when she turns their brain on and the brain is able to change everything in the child. Uh, so we're not trying to fit the body into something. The brain already knows how to make it work, but you've got to turn the brain on. Uh, then there's another great, uh, in the introduction to this new book, a man named Michael Merzenich, who was a member of the National Academy of Sciences and a neuroscientist, said, 
uh, from his introduction, I'll just quote, he said, from several decades of research summarized in many thousands of published reports, we scientists have defined the rules governing brain plasticity, and we've done this in neurological terms. We now know how to drive brains to change for the better. But it's been a great wonder to me then that my friend Anat Banyal, working on a parallel uh, track, a completely different parallel track, has defined almost precisely the same rules that we have defined. And moreover, Anat interprets them in practical and understandable human terms in ways that should contribute richly to your own more enlightened parenting or clinical interventions. So I hope that Anat will be here in just a minute because... She is on with us, Russ. Oh, she's on with us. Anat, you're there. There, I'm there. I got back on. Good, good. I thought you got trapped in the rain for a minute there. Uh, No, no, no. Never mind. I'm I'm here. You're great. Okay, you're here. So welcome, Anat. And, you know, you've had such breakthrough results with autism and Asperger's brain damage and ADHD, undiagnosed developmental delays and more in children. Why is it that you're able to do things that, you know, that other people just don't know how to do? Well, I think uh, I'll mention maybe a couple main things. First of all, I don't work with a condition. I don't work with a diagnosis. I work with a child and I work with a brain. Because if the child is going to learn to do something, be able to do something, it's because they, their brain would uh, figure out how to do it. That means develop the, the workable connections and patterns to be able to do it. So, my intent is to help support the brain in getting the information it needs and to help it do its process that very often is derailed because of the special challenges, and then they can learn to do it. The other thing is by focusing on the brain rather than on the limitation, the brain's capacity for change is remarkable under the right conditions because we can't really ever make anybody do anything. We can only try to create the conditions and the opportunities for the person to learn and figure something out. So I think that's why, because the the focus is completely different. And maybe the other very important thing that is also so related to what the Hoffman process uh, helps adults do is that I uh, talk about shifting the focus from trying to fix the child to connecting with the child. Brains grow, develop, and evolve in community of brains. Little young brains need more grown-up brains that are more organized and more evolved to help figure themselves out. Okay, so, so that's all I'm interested in is lending my brain to that other brain to do its job okay. better. Uh, okay, so it's all about the brain, but how do you get the? How do you engage the brain then? So it's, we understand it's about engaging the brain, but you have a special way to engage the brain. How do you do yes, that? Yes, I do. I do. I have what I call the nine essentials. And each one of them helps flood the brain with information. We can talk later a little bit how that specifically works. And the first and most fundamental essential is movement with attention. Movement is the language of the brain. Movement is what helps form, grow, and organize the brain. But movement not as exercise, but movement as experience and as information. So... And everything, I mean, movement of the body, movement of the emotions and of the ideas and thoughts and feelings. And what's so, so important when we want to help any child learn, not just children with special needs, but especially when children have special challenges, is that to, to help the child attend, bring attention to what they feel as they move. It's the feeling of self, it's the feeling of the movement that brings the brain to create new connections at a at staggeringly fast rate. Uh, without the feeling of oneself, the focus on this feeling of self as we move, little changes in the brain. And actually... Children with special needs, the challenges often bring about discomfort, confusion, pain, which takes the child away from 
sensing themselves and paying attention to themselves as they act and move and interact. And that's one of the reasons that they don't develop as well. Okay, so it's about movement, and you are working with kids and helping them to understand, helping them to connect, consciously connect their body movements. I don't want to say connected to the brain because it's already connected, and that's what you know. I mean, how do you talk about that? Let me help you here. The brain is there, but it's very unformed. At birth, we have about 22% of the brain size that we will have later on in life. And it's not just size like, you know, smaller arm, bigger arm. It's the number of connections. We're talking about the complexity, the patterns, the control that the brain will have over us, everything, right? The brain is the CEO of all of us, all aspects of us. And and actually, Raz, initially at early childhood, infancy, the, the movements are random movements. They're not organized movements. But they flood the brain with experiences. And the brain... Connects itself to the body. It actually is building connections and maps. It's really mapping the body. It's mapping the mind. It's mapping itself and its relationship to the body. And when we help the child move, that's the first essential, and pay attention to what they feel as they move, which many therapies don't focus on. When they do pay attention, the breakthroughs, whether it's autism or cerebral palsy, can be mind-blowing. When you move the kid automatically or passively, then very little change happens and the patterns of limitation get grooved in more. Got it. Well, you can understand that this is an amazing, important topic. You know, there's change that that happens to people through a variety of different ways, emotional change, psychological, spiritual, and a Nott's basic entry point, although she heals all of a human being, is through the body. And we're going to talk more to a Nott as the afternoon goes on here. If you'd like to participate in the show, please, and you have some kind of question that you'd like to ask a Nott, perhaps something particular about a person in your life, a child in your life, um, It'd be great to bring your input into the show as well. The phone number here is 866-472-5788. Again, 866-472-5788. And today, Anat will be giving away a copy of her most recent book, Kids Beyond Limits, to the first five callers. So that might be an incentive as well. It's such a wonderful, simple to read and helpful book. Anyway, we'll be back more on the Hoffman Connection with our guest Anat Banyal in just a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McLoon, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to the Hoffman Connection this afternoon. Our guest is Anat Banyel, who's been changing people's life through interacting with their bodies for years. I mean, athletes, dancers, musicians, all variety of people in walks of life. And for some time, Anat, you've been working with children in particular, or maybe with a greater focus than earlier in your career. And it's an amazing thing for so many of us as adults, we have language as in words we have a verbal language to talk about our experience to name it to interact with ourselves through language but with children they have a a more direct connection i guess and that's movement yes and so learning to or interacting with children through their own language of touch and their body and movement is the the place where you've been learning how to retrain children or retrain people's bodies to be whether pain-free or um, have a more functional brain in a variety of different ways. That, that is true. Um, the, the, the touch, first of all, movement is there. Movement is there from early, early on, before birth for sure. And, and, you know, without movement, life is inconceivable. And as Einstein said, and nothing happens until something moves. And um, and movement tends to become a bit like air because it's all the time there. So we don't think of it, you know, except when we think of exercise or when we have trouble moving. But children form themselves. The brains grow and the identity gets formed through movement and sensation and the child through different experiences and repeated experiences in relation to their the mother and the father and the gravitational force and objects actually learns to know themselves when a child is born it's safe to assume that they don't know that they they have for instance hands and that the hands is part of them. As adults, we tend to separate mind from body and movement from cognition, but we grow holistically and without movement, really nothing would be happening. So as you said it so beautifully, uh, this is a direct connection and the quality with which we touch our child or a child. And the way with which we move them has enormous impact on the child's experience of themselves and the opportunities that we provide for the child to grow and thrive. It must be amazing, not to be in a, whatever we're going to call it, a sensory conversation with a little human being. Speaking of conversation, which, uh, we've got a, our first caller, Judy in North Dakota has something for our guest, Anat Banyel. Judy, good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening. I Yes, I have a question. I was wondering if autism is a genetic factor. I have a seven-year-old or grandson who's been uh, diagnosed with autism, but there is also autism in two other families in our generation. And I was just wondering if, if this is a genetic factor or not. You know, Judy, uh, the, 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 whether there is a genetic element or impact in autism and what causes autism is a wide open conversation. Uh, there is a certain percentage, for instance, of children with fragile X chromosome disorder, about 20-30%, that also have autism. So it could be that there is a genetic you know, impact or increased inclination. But I won't be able to answer your question in any authoritative fashion. However, 
And I'm sorry, you know, that it's so hard when a child gets diagnosed with, you know, being on the autism spectrum. It's such a challenging condition for the child and for the parents. Mm-hmm. But what I want to tell you that is the good news about it from my experience is that whatever the causes are for autism, I have seen remarkable improvement with these children. You know, the assumption, sometimes implicit or unconscious, that I have sort of observed over the years is that when a child has special needs, autism, even cerebral palsy or, uh, you know, stroke or other conditions, because they're not functioning the way and as in certain ways as well or as easily as other children, there is the assumption that the, their brain is a lesser brain somehow or different brain, not as good or not as capable or deficient. And my experience has been that under the right conditions, the brain of the children with special needs is not only sometimes is very often as good as any other brain, works based on the same principles. It's not a different brain. But when they start really doing well, their brain operates on a higher level, higher potency than brains of the people that surround them because they overcome challenges that the people surrounding them probably wouldn't have been able to do unless they also got themselves to a higher level functioning. In simple language, a child with autism even if the factor is genetic, is not a, a verdict. You know, it's not a verdict, oh, it's genetic, that means he can't get better. Mm-hmm. I've worked with kids with genetic disorders that got a whole lot better. So um, I believe that pretty much, except for me, actually, all, all the kids with the, uh, on the autism spectrum that I worked with uh, learned and improved. The, some of them not as well or as fully as others, and also when they were older sometimes it was a harder to get them as far. But I found that children with, on the autism spectrum, for the most part, can have mar- marvelous learning brains. Yes, we, we've, we've seen that in him already, where his memory is just, you know, it locks in on, on different things, and he's... Um, He's very smart mathematically, mathematically. Even though he's only seven, I mean, he knows he knows different math problems that probably a fourth or fifth grader might have a problem with. Yeah, but what you would like to do with a child like that is expand mm-hmm. his brain into more capabilities and reduce the compulsivity, the compulsion the, that the brain tends to have because it's part, part of what's disturbing these kids. Uh-huh. And it's, it's possible. Okay. Oh, Anat, to do. Anat your, your book just came, if I'm not mistaken, just came out today. Is that right? Yeah, my book, Kids Beyond Limits, came out today, Judy. Uh-huh. And I think it's really well worth it to read it because in the book, I, I talk about the nine essentials, and these are uh, tools that can be implemented in daily life, daily activities. You don't have to do an extra thing on top of what you're doing. It just gives you ways of doing what you're already doing with a child that really help the brain do a better job. Okay. That sounds fantastic. I'll have to get your book and read it a little. Absolutely, and get it for your children, too. It's, it's on Amazon. It's kind of like ten dollars or something. Okay. So, well, that's fantastic to know. I and will, actually, you're going to get the first copy free because you're the first caller. Oh well, thank you very much. I yeah, will on, really stay enjoy on the that. Line. Stay okay. on the line, and the uh, the person will get your your information. Will be sent to you. Okay. And, thank you very much. And we're just about to go to break, but Romy, if you're still on the line, we'll be taking your call after our break. And if others uh, in the audience would like to talk to our guest, Anat Banyal, about the brain and the body and bringing those two together in miraculous ways of overcoming what a lot of us think are defaults or handicaps that we could never get over. Anat has seen many people through many things that they thought they could never get over. We'll be back with her to answer your questions and more on the Hoffman Connection right after this.
news. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to the Hoffman Connection. I'm Ed McClune with my co-host Raz and Grossi, and our guest is truly a miracle worker and we're going to talk more about that some of the things that Raz and I have seen and Anat have seen uh, but we've got Romy waiting on the line and let's go to her she's in Los Angeles with a question for Anat Anat my name is Romy Goldsmith and I live in Los Angeles I'm the aunt of uh, my nephew's um, son and my niece's daughter I think have not yet been diagnosed but both um seem that that like they have very significant delays or developmental um, challenges Um, and one had seizures his whole first year of life and Mm. the other um, uh, um, both are over two almost three and not really talking Um, so I I um, I'm, I'm wondering what your advice is for uh, the families of um, children with special needs, especially extended families, and what have you seen that works and is really supportive to the parents and to the children? Uh, wow, that's a big question. <laughs> okay, Rami. First of all, thank you for your concern, and I'm sorry to hear about those two kids. Um, well, Again, in terms of what the parents and the families and the extended families can do, is that the book just went on sale today, Kids Beyond Limits, and it really, I believe, gives ready access to to the the people who love those children to find ways to interact with them that helps the child become more uh, intelligent. And when I mean intelligent, I don't just mean mathematics or reading yeah. and writing, but the ability to organize action successfully in the world. Right. And and so that's something that anyone can do and start using. There's lots of little DVDs on, uh, on the Internet. You can go on my website, anadbanielmethod.com, because it's not just techniques. It's a change of understanding of what makes human beings learn and succeed. I've already ordered two copies of your book already. <laughs> wow, um, you're going to so. get a third one so you can get, hand them out. Now, when children suffer from extreme conditions like these two kids, as you describe, and I don't know no details, but I know the seizures for the first year of life, that's very, very serious, and they're not talking both of them, and they're both almost three, 
I would uh, actually recommend if the parents at all are able to, is to go and get a few private sessions, get assessed, and see if our method can be helpful. Where are you located? Well, uh, I am my center, Rafael, California. Oh, wonderful! One can very definitely do that. She's in San Jose. Yeah, and and the people fly out, up to us from LA all the time, but also. Uh, uh, the, we have practitioners down in Los Angeles, but they can contact us, um, uh, you know. At your website. Uh, through the website. Okay. And then we can, then we can navigate them from there. Thank you so much. I will uh, definitely support them and let them know about this. Yeah. Um, and we've had some, we've had some nice, uh, seizures can be quite devastating to, depends what's going on, but we've had some nice outcomes if you go, uh, even on, on Amazon, there's a short video, and the parents there, the kid was just so devastated and had seizures and everything. And he, he, actually, they did MRIs, and the brain, parts that were just were fluid, they, they're, they're showing that, that the brain cells have been growing and connections have been growing, and the white matter is starting to fill in those spaces. Yes. So it's quite I, remarkable. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, and not, I, I was talking earlier about, you know, to a child, movement is, is language. They don't have words or concepts yet, but you interact in a different kind of conversation. And I wanted to ask partly what's that like, but also what can caregivers learn about that conversation? How can they listen to the child through that action or motion? And what can, how can they participate in the conversation through touch and motion? Oh, I just love the question, Ed. It's beautiful. For me, I actually say that movement is the language of the brain, but it's also movement and, and sensation and touch is is the way the child experiences themselves and the world to begin with, and it's the way we could continue experiencing ourselves throughout life, except we get focused visually and verbally as adults, so we kind of don't, we, we lose awareness and some access to it. And what I do when I work at, I would take a child, for instance, that let's say there was some injury to a nerve in the arm and the arm is somewhat paralyzed, right? And I would start just touching the child gently in, and I would feel a, a, you know, when, when I, I usually don't go to the injured area first, I go somewhere else. But I touch, and I'd like to mention some of the essentials. So, a very important essential is slow. Fast, we can only do what we already know. So, when we want something new to form in the brain, we have to slow down. And most people don't understand that. People teach fast because they think that if you know to do it, you'll do it fast, which is true. But Fast, slow gets the brain's attention, allows the person, the child to feel, and allows you, the adult, to feel too a lot more. So when you touch your child, even just changing diapers or putting on a shirt or combing the hair or feeding the child or talking, just slowing down yourself will slow the child. And both of you will start feeling so much more. And I've had kids sometimes just by slowing them down begin to be able to read. I mean, this is like high drama. And all I did, not all children will start reading once they slow down, but everybody needs to slow down. And then what I also say is reduce the force. Touch more gently. Move more gently in a, in a safe way, but gently. Because when we reduce the efforts in what we do, we feel a lot more. We feel what's going on. And actually, for the brain to get any new information, it needs to perceive differences. This is like the key of my whole method, is perception of differences. Because if I don't perceive the difference between my head being to the side and my head being to the middle, my head will be all over the place and I won't know how to control it. If I don't know the difference between being angry and being loving, I won't be able to be good at either one of them. I don't have the distinction. So when we reduce the force, we help the, the and you touch somebody gently and you move them within your own body with less effort, 
you start feeling the child. And then you will be able to feel small changes and small shifts in the child. And when you feel those small shifts, that means the brain is learning. That means that changes are starting to occur in the brain. That means this child is starting to head towards develop, better development and greater success. And no, it's Anat, magnificent. Anat, I've watched you so many times, and it, it, I just want to underscore what you're saying now because – it appears that you, to someone who doesn't know what they're seeing, it might appear that you are uh, changing the child, but you're not. What you're doing is you're somehow turning the learning switch on, turning a learning brain on, so the child is learning his own way out of his own his or her own problem. And uh, you know, it's always amazed me because you, no matter how, if you're working with a one-year-old child, you don't say, you know, what you say is, I'm giving this child a lesson. Because the child is learning, and your whole goal is to have people learn their way out of their problems. And you know how to turn the brain on, the learning brain. Yeah, but everybody can do it. Just, you know, move and get the child's attention. Slow down, reduce the force, and already you've got this brain on, you know, eight cylinders running. And what you said is so important, Raz, because no one can teach another person anything. It's it's a fallacy that we can teach directly, make somebody do something they couldn't do before directly. It has to be created within the person. For somebody to learn that two and two is four is a whole new creation for that child, for that brain. Even if billions of people already know it, it still has to be reinvented by the person. Every person has to learn everything from scratch. So what we want to do is, and that's what you said, is to understand that and to provide the conditions that that brain is awake and able to experiment and move and try and, and, and discover. It's really a amazing process of discovery that, that one thing builds on another thing builds on another thing. And I've one of the other things I just want to comment on is that I've observed you approaching each person as if he or she is a genius, no matter if they're tiny little people or you know I've seen you work with with world class athletes and and um, and with like a concert violinist who is at the top of of his field and everyone comes to see this person, but. There's something in his hand or in his arm that is causing him such pain when he plays, and he doesn't know how to play any differently. And it's like he's sacrificing his health, his well-being. His, his, you know, he's in pain while he's delivering this beautiful concert. And I've seen you shift, take that genius uh, of an acknowledged genius and help him uh, draw out his own Absolutely. genius without, without suffering. And, and so it's the same principle you're using all along the way of getting the brain to uh, engage in, in, in solving problems. Absolutely. The brain is like an information cookie monster. <laughs> it just <laughs> give it the opportunity and goes like, oh, yum, 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 yum. More, 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 more. And it doesn't decide if the information is going to be useful or not, what it's going to be good for. But when it's in a context, and we don't know exactly what needs to be given, you see, when a child can't sit or stand, and people put it standing and standing and standing, you deny the child the richness of information that a healthy child will get by spontaneously moving around and, and you know, doing what seems like a waste of time, but that is the flood of information. So what we want to do is we that musician that is in pain is in a compulsive pattern. He's playing, he's learned to play, and some elements in that, in those patterns cause pain. Not all of it is unworkable, but just a little bit. We have to reopen the conversation to get out of this very deeply grooved in pattern and allow movement and novelty and discovery again. And by the way, children with special needs, like anybody that's listening that knows a child for instance, on the autism spectrum, boy, these kids get so compulsive and so ingrained. That's how I see they're actually the problem is that the brain gets too compulsive too soon. 
and 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 it limits their development. So, but let me tell you, I see everybody as a genius because I really the. You know, if I think of those babies, I've worked with a baby as young as five days old because he had torticollis. It's a condition you know when they, they're born. And with brachial plexus, they are geniuses. If you think of a baby that can't do anything and at two years old it's running around bossing you about in two or three languages, isn't that a genius? <laughs> it is amazing. We're going to go to break. Go ahead, Ed. No, I was just going to throw it to break. We'll be back with our last segment with our guest, Anat Baniel, here on the Hoffman Connection. Please call in 866-472-5788 with your questions. Right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi. We're speaking with our guest today, Anat Banyal. Her new book just came out today. You can get it on Amazon. It's so accessible. It's in paperback. It's like $11. This is a book that will transform the lives of parents as well as the children uh, and whose children have, um, you know, autism, Asperger's, brain damage, ADHD, other developmental delays. And Anat Banyal's book, Kids Without Limits, or Kids Beyond Limits, excuse me, Kids Beyond Limits. That's the book. And um, Anat has just spent a lifetime helping people the last 30 years and I know that it's, this is this is not Anat's personality. She has a, te- a technique, a method, the Anat Banyal method. She's trained over a thousand people and practitioners in this over the past thirty years. And um, Anat, I wanted to ask you if you would please comment on uh, you know in, in recent years we've seen such a, an increase in diagno- diagnostic labels, whether it's uh, ADHD or Asperger's or autism and so on, but I mean I have this impression that the the label is so distinct from the power to actually heal or change to engage a child in his or her own learning and healing. Uh, I mean, I was watching you heal people long before there were these labels, really. And so, what's the what's the relationship between the label and the healing? Well. <laughs> There can be many different relationships. One very practical relationship with the young children is that when they get a certain diagnosis, that opens the door for services, and these are very, very important, and for support for the families. Um, 
it's also, you know, like with medicine, if somebody has a specific illness, it can help guide for ways to heal that person. So, or misdiagnosis can harm. So, I am a, I'm actually a fan of Western medicine. I also know what Western medicine, or I don't look for Western medicine to do. And the thing that I believe medicine is not responsible for is development and growth. And with children, and especially, of course, with children with special needs, the diagnosis is very often not treatable in the medical way. So even, for instance, children with cerebral palsy, I'll take that for a moment. These children can have very spastic muscles that, you know, the legs don't straighten, they can't stand, they can't move, and so on. And for many years I've watched how people will just go and cut the muscles or certain muscle groups in a mechanical way uh, trying to help them. I mean, sincerely trying to help them, and, of course, it, it is devastating for the child. There are some times that it can be done, but as long as it's done in understanding of how the brain works and functionally, it can be a good thing. The important thing for the parent is the diagnosis, in a sense, is a relief because they say something is going on with my child that is not quite right, and it gives them the acknowledgement and the validation that they're not just crazy. And But then it's also devastating to get it. In my 30 years, the only way I use diagnosis is to find out if there is something I need to be careful of, if there is a position the child shouldn't be in, if there is a certain, like, temperature that is not good, uh, that can harm. There are certain conditions that we know certain things are not good for them, certain foods they should or shouldn't eat. Or, But aside from that, the diagnosis for me is absolutely useless because what I do is I look at the child and I look, what are they doing, what are they not doing, and how are they failing? What are they doing to fail? And what are they doing to succeed? And where is an opening, an opportunity for them to learn the next thing, not the next developmental milestone? Because if they're far away from it, you can exercise them till till you feel like you're going to faint and that's not usually going to work too well. But what is this child ready to notice and feel and learn? And it can be the smallest thing because once they do that, their learning switch is on. And once their learning switch is on, they start progressing. Or to say, to sort of sum it up, the medical model does not help where learning is the answer. But the learning and the brain growth and brain plasticity amazingly can sometimes also help heal where it is the medical uh, problem. That means improvement in function can heal also physical stuff. Right. And the thing, though, that we want to make a distinction about is what you call learning is not intellectual learning, but rather it's the kind of learning like we all remember when we learned to ride a bicycle. That happened through our felt sense of balance and movement, and then suddenly you could do it. And I remember for so long I couldn't do it, and the joy of when I could do it, or when I could suddenly swim. And so you're talking about the kind of learning that occurs through the body where the body and the brain are at one. There's no difference between the, the body and the brain are linked. They're, they're the same thing in a certain sense. And, um yeah, yeah so that's and you the know, kind of learning I, you're talking about. Yeah, I'm so happy you say that because usually people at adults think learning, learning history facts or learning math or learning, you know, this kind of learning, which is great. Academic learning is great. But I, what I call what you're talking about is organic learning. It's the learning that has order. It has, it, it has a sequence to it. One thing builds upon the other. I mean, you can learn about, uh, you know, Napoleon time uh, first, and then you can learn about American history after, and you can still learn both things. But in terms of learning and developing the self, there are certain things that build upon other things that have been there before. And the organic learning is the learning that our life depends on. Yeah, really that's the depends kind of on. We do at Hoffman too, and, and exactly, I, I was just leading to that. And that kind of organic learning is also on the emotional level, 
and on the what you call in Hoffman the spiritual. That means the inner experience, the inner sense of connection to the the, the outer world and to the self and to the greater good. And and Hoffman is what I so love about the Hoffman process is that it treats or approaches. It doesn't treat, but it approaches emotional growth and evolution is the solution to emotional problems. So rather than going backwards and trying to fix emotional problems, you say, okay, you're here today, I'm here now, and now we're going to start the differentiation and integration and growth on the emotional and cognitive and spiritual levels. And you help people continue to grow emotionally, organically. And it's not therapy, it's growth. But through that process of growth, and I have no doubt that Hoffman makes huge changes in the brain, because otherwise you wouldn't get the kind of changes you get doing the Hoffman process, that um, the, the, uh, it impacts psychological problems, but you're not working with the psychological problems. Right, exactly. Annette, we, Annette, we've got to wrap up. It's been maybe the fastest hour so far. There's so much we could all learn just from listening to you. And thank you so much for the, the hope that you offer that people can, people's bodies can lead them to learn their way out of chronic patterns just by listening and moving differently. And we want to uh, let people know that Anat's latest book is available on Amazon. It's Kid Beyond, Kids Beyond Limits. And you can learn much more also about the Anat Baniel method by um, going to her website. Anat, do you want to plug the website? I don't have that written down here. Yeah, the website is www.anatbanielmethod.com, A-N-A-T-B-A-N-I-E-L-M-E-T-H-O-D.com. You can, you know, people can find there uh, a lot about the work, you know, about the vitality. That's another aspect that the children, the adult, gets a lot more vitality. They can see videos. They can read the first two chapters of Kids Beyond Limits, three first chapters of Moving to Life, and can contact us for seminars or for private sessions or for free presentations. Thank you so much, Anad. Thank you, guys. It was just wonderful. Thanks, Raz. Our next show is going to be with Lynn Twist, the author of The Soul of Money. That will be next Tuesday, 4 o'clock here on the Hoffman Connection. Again, if you want to learn more about the process, our free confidential introductory call is happening right at the top of the hour. And you can learn more by going to hoffmaninstitute.org. All the information you need to be part of that call is on our website. Thanks so much, Raz. See you next week. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Anat. Thank you, and if you, I, I just want to plug it in. Everybody should do the Hoffman process. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anna. Okay. Right. Bye bye. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week.